Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Cause if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, cause everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a kook cast. Cause the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And you'll have to pardon us if we sound a little less than enthusiastic on this episode because it's the second time in a row we've recorded it. <laughs> Just another one of those situations where we launch into the recording, talking about our episode, feeling good, everything's nice and groovy until I look down at the recorder and realize I never pressed record. <laughs> the good news is that the, the camera was recording all along, so the membership site people will get to see that first version and then our very begrudging restart into the second version of the same episode let's go now we're recording <laughs> coach evans rubbing off on you <laughs> damn it oh a little too close proximity there <laughs> um, all right take two take two so, we have this episode idea. <laughs> it's really hard to do the second time. <laughs> and it's coming from Mike. Shout out to you, Mike, for asking uh, some questions, striking up a conversation online through the membership um, site. That's been great for like, just generating some conversations. And, and this kind of spun off of his original question, which was in regards to predicting side current. Um, he, he listened to our like swell wind tide, I think was like series of surf forecasting. And he's like, oh, but what about side currents? How do you predict that? And actually I thought about it and I was like, oh, I kind of, I like this idea. Number one, because I love when there's a side current, right. there's, you know, opportunity for you to distinguish yourself among the other surfers. Um, As a great paddler. Right. Great paddler going back to our foundation of our teaching and surfing in general. Um, anyway, uh, like holding position, understand. So a lot of surfers won't recognize that they're drifting down the beach for one. And even the ones that may recognize they're not able to hold position because the current and our paddling might not be fit enough to, to continue to do so for the whole session. Right. So it really, it's, it's a great opportunity for being a great waterman and recognizing like what you're working with out there in the ocean and also just your fitness as a surfer and your paddling technique. And using it to your advantage, you know, like learning how to use this crazy movement of water and, and manipulating it to make your life a little bit easier because it definitely can be done, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so here we go. The, the first one that came to mind is the tide. And I really like the tide as, a, as like a topic of side currents because it, it might come off to people as like, Wait, what? Tide? Under the radar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like the dark horse that you don't expect. Um, but tide, the reason for that is because a tide is a filling and a, and, a, and a emptying of bodies of water. 
you know, and especially when you have two bodies of water next to each other separated by either a small channel like an inlet, you know, or a small little passageway or, a, a, you know, a big geographical point. All that water has to go past that feature to get to the other body of water to fill. That's what the tide is. It's filling up one body and emptying another. And then it goes back the other way and then back the other way. And it's constantly just emptying one body and filling another body. Um, and so these surf spots that are located in places around uh, or in between these bodies of water is where you really find a serious current, you know, at the rush of the tide. Um, an extreme, a s extreme version of it. And, yeah. and like just, just spending time in Montauk like that, this was the first place that I really did realize that you did need to know the tide or you might find yourself fucking completely out to sea, you know, nobody there to help you or just completely taken from the surf spot you thought you were going to go surf. You know, you're looking out there, there's not very much, there's, maybe there's nobody out there. So there, there's probably a reason, you know, I remember people looking at me like suiting up and being like, wait, what are you doing right now? <laughs> you know, and now's not the time. And then Rick would pull up, he'd be like, dude, we have like three more hours before we can paddle out there. Right. And, uh, you know, Montauk was kind of the place that, that taught me that. You right. Be and that's, it's just like what I was saying, how, you know, that geographical point that's right in between the Long Island Sound and the Peconic Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Like a big body of water that is pulling all the water out of those places and, and then filling it back up. Flooding and of course, all these adjacent surf spots get rushed with water sideways down the beach. Yeah, of course, you could stand on the beach and see the water come up the beach. That's the filling and the emptying of it, but not realize that while that's happening, because it's filling, there's also water rushing from somewhere else to get there. Right. Um, I, I really, you know, another, well, one cool thing about the spot I know you're talking about is the, you know, being able to factor in the tide and the current and then have a new approach to surfing that spot mm -hmm. using waves, using like, like you said, to your advantage, like knowing that the tide's rushing one way. So surfing back the other way and, and kind of keeping yourself upstream, upstream with waves, you know? But Doing it's, it's a tricky business because as soon as you miss time, like a, or not miss time a paddle up, but overshoot the paddle up by aiming back to your spot instead of like wide of your spot, right, right. you overshoot it. Or you can't get a wave before you really get flushed out and then you're just out of the zone and in the river. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really fascinating thing, but it's just such a good question, Mike, because it really is a function of like surfing in certain spots and it can be the make or break of your session and like being in position or not. And I, I just feel the most proud of like getting waves and feeling good about my session when I know that a lot of people are struggling to even be anywhere near catching a wave. And that's exactly what Brother Chaser and I do like at, at really busy spots, like in, in the Maldives, it would, it would turn into this conveyor belt, nonstop current, and everybody would just leave, you know? And that would be our, that would be our one chance to go surf hmm. this place, this um, amazing wave with nobody out, but you did, you had to paddle up against you know, back up against the current, and we we're like mad dogging the guys who were getting boat rides up to the top. We're like, oh, that's so not the way to do it. You guys get out of here. And <laughs> and really, if they if they missed the set that they like jumped out on, they were gone. Right. And we were just staying cool. Like I mean, paddling the entire the entire the, time, the entirety of a no two mistake hour about it. It's, it's yeah. work. It's hard, but it is like it is a, a, a 
something to be proud of. You know, your your level of fitness and your your ability to, to continue that on and on and on, and then even go for a wave, you know, in the middle of all that right. holding position. Um, all right, so then I, I think that's like the least obvious one, but the most obvious one is probably the wind. You know, if you have a honk inside shore wind, you can be pretty confident that when you get in the water, you're going sideways with the wind. Right, and, and you're gonna be battling. Right, and and Mike made a point about the wind, the the idea of the wind. Like the bigger the board you have, too, you're probably going to be moving faster. You know, I think a shortboarder sitting down in the water might not be as affected as much. Well, actually, now that I think about it, if the water's moving, then it doesn't really matter. Then it might be taking you even more. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's that's a little nuance. We don't need to figure out the answer to, but wind. You know, there's just another one. Like you, you come down to the beach, and first of all, conditions are going to be pretty awful. And and you, I can almost see the water. I feel like oh, rushing. Totally. You see a kind of like, a f even when the waves come in and, and recede back out, there's like a little semicircle of the way it like kind of runs with the wind and all the oceans pulling it. Um, last point we have, at least for what how to predict the current, is the swell direction. Sometimes you get these really steep angled swells that come from one extreme angle or another. And of course, if energy is pulsing in towards a beach and filling in that surf spot with energy and waves, w that water has to go somewhere and yeah. it's probably gonna keep going the direction it's already flowing. Right. You know, and that's kind of like what happens to us in east swells. You know, we get those nor'easter swells up here in the northeast, especially on Long Island, that's south facing. You know, no we get these east swells, east wind combination, you know you're drifting. Yeah. You know, you know it's, well, drifting is, too light of a word you're getting swept this yeah that's where the sweep comes from on the east coast it's like sweep the legs out from underneath you yeah, and just yeah. take you take you down the beach so far it is such an east coast thing isn't it yeah it is it's it's that like it's the proximity of those storms that come so close to us those low pressures that spin right by us and just shoot wind and swell you know in one direction all together um, so while we were prepping this one, Coach Ev had a really good point. Another way to predict side current, <laughs> wait for someone to paddle out. Yeah. I love it's that because like, oh, it's true. Right before, oh, I forgot wax, you know, and turn around, <laughs> let them hop in the water and then, and then just watch them just get taken. That's totally valid. That's just being a good observer. And, and I don't know, I think this is a good one. I remember doing that when I was a kid or when I would just be like nervous, you know, and I just see what happens to this guy right you know and and then as he's paddling out realize like oh my gosh he's also getting swept down the beach you know right. i better walk up another hundred yards and make my approach from down there um and then almost use the side current to your advantage you know and like kind of paddle with it diagonally out in the direction it's flowing totally i, I use that that style of a paddle out at la miss all the time you know using it and hitting it at, at a diagonal you know mm -hmm. and when you know how fast the the current's moving then you adjust you know maybe you gotta walk another couple hundred yards up the beach so that you end up at the peak that you, that you want to be mm -hmm. um and i was just gonna say like this is this is some really good stuff to be check. This is how you start your own database about spots you know you have an idea of the tide the wind and the swell and and what that equals when you get to the beach you know mm -hmm. and you and you're you're starting to realize that 
at low tide there's a ton there's a there's way more current and again you know that's either either keeps you out of the water or you're you're timing your session there if, if you're at these crowded spots um and then same thing you know look at the flag before you paddle out you know have an idea of actually which direction the, the wind's coming from and and you can just make more informed decisions and just do better out there mm -hmm. you know I really believe like an important part of getting better at surfing is just seeing, being aware. Like like when I say to somebody not looking at the wave that's paddling for a wave, you know, blindly, look at the wave even if you don't know what it means to you. You know, like even if you don't have the experience yet to understand what you should do based on what you see, because that's part of gaining that experience. Right. But if you keep just doing these things blindly, you're not gonna know why you got swept down the beach. You're not gonna know why you keep nose diving because every time if you were to look back you'd see that the wave was pitching over your head you know right, and you're right. not setting your rail enough but you can't build this archive this database of information in your own head and what you need to do in response to what you observe if you're not even looking or observing these things right you know swell wind tide big ones like gotta be in your mind and know what's happening out there so you can you know put things in their boxes and their places like oh this must be because of this and this the tide was doing that last time this happened to me and the wind was oh like it just it really helps you make sense of it all hang out you know hang out after your session take 15 minutes before you paddle out just go and look at the ocean look at how other people are dealing with it and and again, you usually end up doing a lot better by just observing a bit. Such a good point is the after observation. I think a lot of people kind of make that advice like, oh, watch the ocean before you paddle out. But after too, I really like that one because also things change while you're out there. Yeah. So like get that new picture, the more recent image of what you were dealing with out there. Right. And, and I, I find that I get more out of looking at the ocean after I get out you know, and being like, oh, okay, I was like way too wide the whole time. Or I right, thought I was right, here, right, but right, I must right. have been over there, you know. <clears throat> it just, it really helps you wrap it up. But I definitely believe in bookending your session with observation, you know, and, and taking a look at what you're dealing with. Uh, but I'm happy you brought up La Miss because the one last thing I wanted to talk about is opposing currents. Mm. You know, and La Miss is probably notorious for just hard to figure out, like, I never know what's doing. I have to just consistently observe and like be paddling and like look back like where am I? You know, yeah. like wh it, where am I drifting now? Full zigzagging you back and forth up the beach. You know, you, you hop in and you're getting dragged south very quickly and you know, or, or you're watching people getting dragged south and then you're looking out and watching them on the outside getting pushed north and that's what we're talking about, these opposing forces these opposing um currents that you know def definitely felt that at ocean beach san mm. francisco like a really strange one like almost like water moving just you know maybe five ten feet down underneath the surface going in a different direction right Ooh, that's i didn't even think of that i was thinking of the outside inside opposing currents right. like on the inside you're getting swept one way and then you're outside and you're getting swept the other way but you're right i've totally felt that too we're just a little below it was at ocean beach now that i think about it it's pretty sketchy feeling you can feel current like a river under the surface of the water it's like pretty colder water it's bizarre it's, it's really it's intimidating too yeah, I, I definitely remember being out there a couple of times and, and I know that's got to be, you know, a tide situation hmm. with, with, you know, the bays right the there. Bays right there. Yeah. 
and I, I remember having this really strange sensation like it's going to be hard to get to the shore because like especially if you fall mm-hmm. you're you're going to get tumbled down into that and you're going to start getting ripped back and like out spewed to spewed back out the back like pulled back ooh that's you terrible. feel that you're going to shore and it's like shh, you're going over this raging river underneath you like the the flats are coming at you right right wow weird that's a, that's a definitely a unique situation there that surf spot because it's right next to the bay next to that big harbor and inlet there and also tons of energy pouring in that like kind of northwest swell just it gets focused in there there's probably a big trend um, yeah there is definitely big trenches that's why ocean beach gets such peaky large like focused energy bombarded all winter long so all that energy all that tide really create some wild things that's one of those places that i definitely don't have wired but like is really fascinating and, and kind of intrigues me to get it wired definitely you know, humbling like, you know, humbling that's for sure. that's just what it comes down to be real humble with this this whole drift and and current situation and and take your time with it and it's you know you're inevitably if you spend enough time in the water you're going to get into a position where you're getting taken against your will and it's the perfect opportunity to tell yourself you better chill out and you better take some breaths and you better start looking around and figuring out what's going on because uh, it happens pretty quick right and your instinct would is usually to fight against the direction it's going and that's almost always the wrong thing in fact i can't think of the time it is the right thing to do right so i like what you said too about looking around i there's definitely a time in my when i was a kid and i was getting sucked out on my boogie board and I remember seeing like it felt like just right over there, somebody just sitting there, watch me get ripped out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to them. And I paddled sideways towards them and I got out of the rip. Right. And like, you know this, you hear it, like paddle sideways, get out of the rip, don't paddle against it. But that helped me to like demonstrate for me in real life, like I just paddled myself out of the rip and I got it. You know, that right. it's, the rip's not the whole ocean going out to sea. Correct. It's like, it's a valley, it's a, it's stream. a stream, yeah. Yeah, and and just have a you know have some landmarks out there mm. that can really give you that'll that'll tell you right away which way you're going, mm-hmm. which way the drift riff, the yep. drift is going. Big one, big one. Know where you're at in the ocean by looking back at the beach with multiple landmarks, and and get a gauge on where you're going and get it done done fast. I feel like this like some of the trickier ones can actually be a light current, mm-hmm. where you, it's like very imperceptible. Right. But like, if it's a slow day, there's not a lot of waves, and you're just sitting there, and it's not a dangerous situation per se. It's just that now you're just a floating buoy, like going out to sea or going down the beach, wondering why there's no waves, and then you turn around finally and realize, oh my God, like look at all the people surfing 300 yards away from me inside. Right, you know? right. And, and so it's, it's something that you should always consider and always be mindful of. I, I like to say to the Groms, like, because when I play with the Groms in the whitewater, that's, that's an area that's a very, turbulent and and there's a lot of water moving at the end of waves and all the waves break in there so there's tons of movement and I I always say to them good surfers hold position like I have them getting in the habit of checking 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 where's the jetty where's the this where's the that where's our landmark you know and have them keep checking and without even like telling them to do it just asking them like where is our landmark and are we okay still, yeah. you know, and just getting in that habit of like, you're not just looking for waves to ride, you're looking for where's your position, are you holding position, are you staying in your spot? 
Stick with the plan. <laughs> Good one, Coach. I like that. Oh, yeah. Glad we got the second one on. Let's, uh, better not jinx it. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded. <Whew. laughs> nice work.